sometimes I get really weary and Mm -hmm. I think, how am I supposed to do this? And I will pray. And I feel like he's just saying, keep going. I have not released you from this yet. You're doing really good work. I think about Ephesians, like I'm a masterpiece and he has created me for good works that he planned before time. And sometimes it's hard, but we do hard things. That's part of life. You're listening to God Hears Her, a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you, he sees you, and he loves you because you are his. Find out how these realities free you today on God Hears Her. Welcome to God Hears Her. I'm Elisa Morgan. And I'm Erin Atkins. Have you ever felt like God has called you to something unexpected? Maybe your nevers turned into your calling, or maybe God led you in a completely different direction from what you had planned for yourself. Well, today's guest is living a life she once thought would never happen. Katie Lewis is a business owner and mother of five who leans into what God is speaking to her. Plus, she was recently a guest on the new series, Unshakable Moxie. Don't be surprised if you hear kiddos in the background. Katie's precious family was working through their homeschooling tasks while we got to have a chance to talk with her. We're so ready to get to know Katie during this conversation on God Hears Her. Let's start by asking Katie, what were you like when you were nine years old? I love this question. I've done a lot of podcasts and I have never been asked this. So fun, Erin. <laughs> well, I have kids that are this age and so I'm kind of watching them as they're like, you know, their core person. What do they love to do? Because I think it does show up when we're adults, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So I loved my room. It was such a safe place for me. Mm-hmm. I would read Shel Silverstein poem books and thought that mm-hmm. I was just going to be a writer one day, maybe like he was. I'm not. But I just was like captivated by his word usage. Mm. And I also love to organize my room. (laughs) Maybe that sounds silly, but I would like take things off my bookshelves and then re-put them up. And it was such a happy place for me. I love that. Did you get to decorate it yourself? I did. My parents, for better or worse, just gave me freedom. At one point, I think all of my walls were painted a different color. There were like seven colors in my room. (laughs) And I look back and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I can't believe they let me do that. Would I ever be... Be that open with my own kids? Probably not. That's so great. But I loved it. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so you said your kids are this age. So how old is this that we're talking about? Yes, we have five kids. They are nine, six, four, almost two coming up, and then almost one. Oh, oh my, my word. Goodness. Yes. Where are they house. right now? Well, Why isn't it noisy? I know. <laughs> I know. It, it is a little noisy, and I'm like, oh, I hope they're a little bit quiet back there. So we homeschool. They're back there, maybe doing their work, probably not. I think they're the nine-year-olds in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah and good, the, it's good. a boy. Our oldest four are boys, and so there's none, none of that like motherly nurturing that I think no. a girl often brings. No, it's just chaos. <laughs> so you found God, or at least faith, or maybe religion, even early in your life. Tell us about that. Yeah, I did, and that is all the grace of God. I grew up in a Christian home. We went to church every time the doors were open, mm. but I know that doesn't always translate into a real faith for people. Sometimes people just run the opposite direction. But for me, I remember from a young age just feeling like this is real. And when I came up against something that kind of butted heads with Christianity, like, I don't know, getting drunk or something like that, I thought I could do that. But there's just no comparing the popularity or the fun that that might bring Mm. to the peace that I am finding 
in God in this moment. I just always knew that it was real. And that is such a gift straight from him. Of course, I was not perfect. I'm still obviously not perfect. You know, I was a teenager. I walked through all of those things, but I just remember longing to know him more deeply from the earliest age. When you started learning to have a faith of your own, apart from your parents, was there a conversation or a mentor or a girl that you were friends with or was there anybody to help ignite that faith of your own journey or was it solely independent on your own? I think in high school, it probably was pretty independent. I was a part of a youth group. There were definitely older women in the group that I think played mothering roles. You know, they taught me what they knew in small group settings and those sort of things. But we may or may not get into this. My role with my mom and that whole situation just made me a little weary of other people playing that role in my life. And so I think growing up, I was just very introverted and I would kind of do it myself. I would open my Bible and try to pray as best I knew how and kind of journaled through that. But once I got to college, I found some college girls who were maybe just one or two years older. I mean, really, they were almost my peers, but they were so willing to share the spiritual disciplines. What did it look like to really read your Bible or to pray or to fast? Something I had never done or really even heard about. They kind of walked me through those steps, like just follow me as I learn along. And I was so captivated by the way that they were just kind of discipling me by just saying, come along with me. It wasn't like they were hovering over it. They were just holding my hand as we ran the race together. They were living the example. Yes, exactly. And they were just inviting me to be along with it. And I think that's really what set me on fire. And I, I know that I just grew so much in those years from watching them. Katie, you alluded to the situation with your mom and and I was actually going to ask you or comment on you seemed so young to have such a dear, trusting faith. But looking back, because of you did go through a hard time with your mom, and I'd love to ask you just a little bit about that. It seems like God really prepared you to be your net during a really tragic time in your family. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened? Yeah, absolutely. So my mom, on one hand, was wonderful. She loved me and my, one of three, she loved me and my siblings so much. She also battled chronic pain and addiction to narcotics and depression throughout my whole life, off and on. And so there were seasons that she was really wonderful and present and completely healthy. Uh, and then there were seasons that she really was not. Her body just hurt all over in a way that I, I don't think I'll ever understand. I hope not. And she turned to narcotics just to get relief. And yeah. you guys know how dangerous that can be. And it led to an addiction. And addictions lead to depression. And so this was just our home life off and on. Mm-hmm. And so in those seasons when she was really low, I think that's why my room was so safe to me. Yes. And so I would go in there and absolutely the Lord completely protected me. Sometimes it just brings me to tears how much he was there in that room with me and he was guiding me and loving me when I felt like nobody else was. That wasn't true, but that's what it felt like in my home. I was the oldest of three and I, so I felt like I was carrying the weight of everybody. I put that on my shoulders, but there he was. He was carrying me as I felt like I was carrying them. I think a lot of children, for whatever reason, experience that kind of aloneness when something's not quite right in the home. And uh, I think that's why I asked you if you got to decorate your own home, because my home life was disastrous. My parents were divorced, and my mom battled alcoholism. And I would 
retreat to my room. So I really understand. I had this whole thing with troll dolls and this whole thing with little plastic horses I'd put under the azalea bushes outside my window. Anyway. I love that. I, I get it. You know, I, I get that you it. you went external too, not yes. just in uh-huh. your room. <laughs> but I get it. And, and thank you for, for sharing that. We giggle about it because it's precious looking back the way you shared it. But God really did provide a haven for you. And, and you embraced it and dwelled in it and and that's beautiful thank you for sharing that katie when did you meet your husband yes and was so it we met college? at college uh-huh okay. and you guys this is probably horrible but we're here for it <laughs> <laughs> the reason we started talking is because i had recently broken up with my high school boyfriend i followed him to college then we broke up of course right away and mm. i was just feeling so in my feelings and i wanted to make him jealous and so i saw this other boy sitting <laughs> over there at a football That's game, real. and I thought... That is real, right? Katie. Yes. And so I started talking to this other boy over here, and I completely forgot about this other ex-boyfriend of mine. We had such a good conversation. And I love it. Yes, and I was just right at the beginning, oh, this this guy's actually funnier, and I enjoy talking to him. And so that's how we met at college. I cool. love that. How did the relationship go from like, let me make this guy jealous to like, hey, let's get married? Yeah, well... How long did y'all date for? Um, well, we dated. So my husband, Robert, was a brand new believer at the time. And so I was his first girlfriend as a believer. And he didn't know what he was doing. And really, he was my first like grown up boyfriend. I didn't know what I was doing. And so it was not a it was not a good relationship. But I really felt like we were going to get married. I, the Lord just put that on my heart. And so on Valentine's Day, Robert breaks up with me. He says, this is not working. <laughs> do you want the flowers Ooh. I ordered or not? And I was like, well, we're going to get married. So yes, I would like them, you know? And he was like, this girl is weird. <laughs> so we oh, break gosh. up and then we don't talk for multiple months. But then I'm on a mission trip to Mexico with my family, a medical mission trip. And I get home when I all of a sudden have cell service again. And I have so many text messages from Robert. Like, I've been thinking about you. I'd like to try to date again. I'm so sorry for the way I acted. I mean, he was just, he was a different man. You can tell that the spirit had been working in him. And then I think he got panicked that I wasn't responding. He didn't know I was on this mission trip, you know. (laughs) And so then he's like, do I really like this girl? I think I really do. And so we started dating again when I got back. And it was just a 180. The spirit was in our dating relationship. And then we got married and... Here we are now, 13 years later. Oh, my goodness. And five children. And five five children, a business. Yes, I mean, yes, we've done a lot together, as all people do. When did you start having two different kinds of babies? A business baby and then a baby baby. Yes. Okay, so let's back up even to right after I got married. So going back to my mom, she was not at my wedding. She was in a rehab facility, and ultimately she did not – Uh, get healed from that and so she actually died by suicide a few months after I got married Mm -hmm. which was obviously really heavy and really horrible Uh, and it was a big thing to take on as newlyweds I mean Robert was like what what have we gotten into I didn't know what I was doing and for the first time I really longed for my mom's wisdom like how do I make dinner for a man what am I doing I don't know how to do laundry you know I mean all these questions start coming up and she's not there and I can't ask her and Mm. it was really hard it was really hard and so I started a blog called Dear Mushka Mushka was her pet name for me it means little one with big eyes I don't know where she got it it's Russian and she's not Russian she must have just (laughs) 
heard it at some point, thought it was really cute, you know, like a little term of endearment. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Okay. So she called Aww. me Mushka. So I started this blog called Dear Mushka, which was just letters Aww. to my future Mushkas if they ever wanted to read. I just kind of documented our first year of marriage. And, and now, you know, I had four boys, like they probably couldn't care less, but it's written down if they ever want it. <laughs> and so that was kind of what I did. Just, you know, it was like back when everybody had a blog on the side. And then fast forward. And Robert and I have been married a few years, and I all of a sudden feel like God is calling us to adoption. I, The most clearly I have ever heard God's voice, I felt like he said, your first child will come through adoption. thought, what? We have not even pursued biological children. I don't know anybody who's adopted. I mean, this is not like a theme in my life. In fact, I remember <laughs> being in college thinking, I will never adopt and I will never homeschool. You know, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. Lord just loves to use our nevers, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I brought the idea to Robert. I said, this is what I feel like God's telling me. And he was like, he's not telling me that, I don't think. So that's just <laughs> off the table. But it was such a strong conviction that I said, Robert, we have to pray about this because I don't feel comfortable just pursuing biological children right now. And so we did. And I, I am so grateful for that time because I think God ushered me into motherhood deep in prayer. And I, that's wow. exactly yes. the way I want to start motherhood is just my hands open in surrender saying, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm trying to hear your voice. Uh, I want to walk in unity with my husband. Can you please guide us? And so we both were kind of open. And almost a year later, I mean, it really took a long time. We were out on a walk and Robert just looked at me and said, I think we're supposed to adopt. Let's start tomorrow. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Yep, yep. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was just, it was so incredible. The verse we're praying over this baby, whoever he is, is from Isaiah, the one that says, I have called you by name. You were mine. And so this is just what we're praying, trusting that God has this perfect child for us. And ultimately, a friend at our church says, hey, I know you're pursuing this path for adoption, but I actually have a a friend, a family friend who's due with a little boy in a couple months. Are you interested? We say yes. We don't hear back. And then... Two weeks before he's born, we hear, okay, the birth mother would love for you to adopt her son, but the one condition is that she has this name that she loves chosen. And Robert and I, I mean, you know, you just get so attached to names. We had a boy name picked out. It was Brooks. We just loved this name. And But we say, of course, yes, we'll name him anything. How sweet that she has a name she's chosen for her child. You guys, it was Brooks. Out of oh. all of the names in the world, it was Brooks. It's a family name, wow. a biological family name. I love that name. so much. Oh, I have And chills. I mean, of course, we did too. We just start weeping. And then we think of this verse God has brought to us. Like, I have called you by name. You are mine. Oh I mean, he God, really Katie. called this boy by name. That's gorgeous. And so we, from then on, we were just like, yes, Lord, we will do whatever you we're say in. to do. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have just orchestrated all of this. You mm. love us. You are over this. And... So, um, yeah, he was born two weeks later, and we knew nothing, had nothing, and all of a sudden we were handed over someone else's child, which is just, Mm. we went into adoption so naive, truly. I was like, oh, we'll just love this baby, and it'll be enough, and I had never heard about the trauma that comes from adoption. It's just a really big, heavy thing, and it's not tied up with a bow. It's not like, oh, do a good thing, be a good Christian, adopt babies. I mean, it really, there's so much more to it. 
I feel like the narrative could really be expanded as churches discuss adoption and how beautiful it is, but also how broken it is. It's messy. It's messy. It's so messy. Even once the child is in your home, we, you know, Mm -hmm. with all of our children, we still continue to deal with it almost on a daily basis. But we loved the process so much that we really felt like God was saying, do it again and then again. And so our three oldest are all into our family through adoption. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so great. So when you went from blog to jewelry. Tell me about that transition. Because you said also it's a family business, right? Yes. Going from blog to jewelry kind of felt like, okay, whatever, I'll just try this thing out. But then I really started wrestling with my faith and I felt like God was saying, okay, Katie, you are taking these verses and you are really storing them in your heart. You're meditating on them. You're wrestling with them. Help other people do that too. Help other women do that too. And so I started seeing verses in the necklaces and pieces I was already making. You know, like if it was a feather necklace, which was super on trend back in 2013 or whatever it was, was, um, all of a sudden I was like, oh, Psalm 91, God protects us with his feathers. Like we take refuge under there. Mm -hmm. And so I started pairing a verse card with each piece. And that just became what our business was. Um, Our tagline was wear truth, share truth. And so you would actually, it was like you were putting on truth. And then as women, you know, casually compliment each other, like we do, oh, I love your earrings, girl. It was an invitation (laughs) to share truth. Instead of just to say, thank you, it was to say, thank you. They remind me of this verse or here, like a moment of vulnerability. Here's what I'm walking through right now. Here's how God's meeting me. And I found myself doing that too, you know, like in the Target checkout line, I am not naturally bold to share my faith. I hope to grow in that, but it gave me words to do it with. When somebody would compliment what I was wearing, I could easily say, oh, here's what I'm walking through. Here's how God's meeting me. If they wanted to dig in more, awesome. And if not, okay, I didn't say anything weird. You know, I just answered their question. And so natural. Yes, it was so natural. And I felt like it was providing gospel conversation starters. And then with my children, they would like touch my necklaces. And so I would just start to say the verse out loud to them. And so it just became what was rolling off my tongue really naturally. Yeah. And so Robert is part of the business too, your husband. Yes. Did he start right in the beginning or were you like, hey, we got to ease into this because we're homeschooling kids, we're adopting children. <laughs> I mean, y'all are really in tandem with each other <laughs> in <Yeah>. every as- <laughs> aspect. No, that goes back to the taxes, Aaron. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was like I could do it until it became a real business. And it was when we had two children. We actually weren't homeschooling yet. They were, I guess, two and zero at the time. And all of a sudden, I felt like this business is taking a lot of my time. I cannot do it all. I mean, back then, I was like designing all the pieces, photographing the pieces, making them, shipping them out, answering customer service, which is the worst for me, for my personality. And then we started hiring. Our first employee would just come to our house, and we would give her a basket of materials, and she would take it home and make everything. Uh, And then she would bring it back. But then that involved like employee management, which I also didn't love. And so I said, we've got to do something. And Robert was like, well, we could hire somebody or I think I might be the man for the job. And I was like, yes. (laughs) Yes. What was his profession before? He was a project manager. Yeah, that's perfect. perfect. Yes, it really worked well. And he has all of the strengths that I don't have. And so, and obviously I was comfortable with him. And so it felt really seamless. Of course, it was a leap of faith because we were going from this steady paycheck to all of a sudden, okay, dear Mushka is like, our business. Mm-hmm. That's where all our money comes from. Yes. Uh, but it was it was wonderful. It was a really good fit. And now he kind of, he does Dear Mushka work and he also has learned so much. He now does coaching with other small businesses just to kind of 
teach them what he learned and help him along. You know, he's really great at working with people like me, other like moms and women trying to get these things off the ground. And (laughs) yeah, he's awesome at it. Was there something that God spoke over you? Was there a verse? Was there something in your core that you just knew like, okay, God, I know you're going to carry me through this because this feels just really hard, really vulnerable. I want to quit all the things. You know, I think for dear Mushka, he really was just saying, keep going. And that's what mm-hmm. he's continued to say. We're uh, we're about to celebrate 10 years in the business. And sometimes I get really weary. And I think, how am I supposed to do this? And I will pray. And I feel like he's just saying, keep going. I have not released you from this yet. You're doing really good work. I think about Ephesians. Like, I'm a masterpiece. And he has created me for good works that he planned before time. And sometimes it's hard, but we do hard things. That's part of life. And he's called us to disciple and to minister. And that looks different for all of us with all of our giftings. But this is where he's put me. And so really, it's not like a one thing. I just feel like when I bring it up to him, he says, keep going, Mm -hmm. keep going. And so I am. I'm pulling up a note in my phone that I just have verse after verse that he's given me. Probably every six months, I feel like I need another word. And so I just have this here and I will reference it. Like right now, I'm thinking of Second Peter 1.3. I just finished studying First and Second Peter with a group of girls. And the verse, verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And so that's where I'm at right now when I feel like I, I can't do all of this. I don't know how to do all of this, but I do believe this is where I'm being called right now. He's promised that his power is what's going to carry me to live a godly life through the knowledge of him who called me first. And so I feel like he just gives me these verses and I sit with them and then I'll be like, okay, I know that one or that's that's not hitting the spot anymore. And then he'll just reignite me with something else from his word. And so I keep them right here so that I can go back. And even as I look through this, I think, oh yeah, I remember the season I was in when he gave me that passage and... It's so beautiful. He just continues to prove himself time and time again. Like, remember my goodness and my glory, and then share it with your children. You know, so throughout the Bible, like we're supposed to pass it down through the generations. And so I really, this really is like a dear Mushka, but now I don't need to tell them how to make spaghetti. I need to tell them of God's goodness and his glory and how he always meets us and what he asks us to do. You know, not long ago, you were a part of a film Uh, that our Daily Bread Ministries produced on the topic of unshakable moxie, which, you know, it's this grit of life and grace. Can you tell us what that experience was like for you as you shared your story in visual video form? Yeah, I had never done that before. And I loved it. The whole process, it was exhausting for people who haven't done this sort of film, which is probably most of us. You know, I mean, you do this, you say the same part of your story over and over and over again so that they can get the right clip and so that it sounds right. But I actually found that to be so healing because for the really for the first time I was telling a lot of my mom's story like I told a little bit of right here and I was like working it out I was verbally processing through this medium as I talked to other women about what was going on and how I really did have to wrestle with my faith when my mom died specifically how she died I found myself going okay God I see your promises in scripture and I don't see how they apply to her life and I do believe that she loved you I don't know how to reconcile that 
Yeah. Uh, and so it really led to lots of years. And really what he ended up telling me was, you don't get to know how mm. I reconciled that in her life. She's not here for you to ask those questions to, and her faith is not yours. But I will meet all of my promises in your life. Test me. I really felt like he was inviting me to test him. And so I began to, not in like a, if you don't answer this, like I don't believe in you anymore, but it was more like a really gentle, tender invitation. Like, hey, when you're longing for wisdom, I say that I'll give it in the book of James. Do you believe that? Try it. And then he would, he would give me wisdom. And I felt him saying like, okay, can you then turn around and praise me for that? Can you thank me for that? Rather than thinking, you know, you're so awesome. And then it would happen again. Like you're in such a weary season with a a particular child. Um, Can you come to me for strength? I say, I'll give it. Will you turn to me and believe that I will actually give that? And then he would. And, you know, year after year, this happened to the point now where I think, of course, he's going to come through. He has shown himself to be faithful and I don't have all the answers in my mom's life, but I, I do know his character and I believe his character and that's enough for me to sit in. Haiti, I feel like it's just so evident in your story and in your business, in your marriage, in your personal journey of just developing into the woman that you are today, where God does speak scripture over you. He reminds you of of his promises, of his goodness, and what's true about him and how he sees you. Would you share a verse that you can remind the woman right now listening that God does hear and see and love her? Well, just this morning, I read Psalm 143.8, and it says, Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. And I think the truth is that God does love us. I mean, the whole narrative of scripture is his love story to us as he is rescuing us and bringing us back to this perfect Eden, even even more perfect than Eden was. Um, and a lot of times, really, we just have to decide that we're going to trust him. You know, and that's, I say just, it's not easy at all. But I do think that when we are able to open our hands in the morning and to say, let me hear this morning of your steadfast love. Like, let me believe that. I mean, even in the letters in the new Testament, you hear Paul praying that over the believers, like, please, I'm going to pray that you can trust God's love because it doesn't just come naturally to us. We kind of have to build those reps. I think when we can start our morning and we can just say, Lord, I long to know your steadfast love because I trust you. Like we have to tell our mind, I I trust you. I'm going to point myself in this direction. Um, And then we say, make me know the way I should go for to you, I lift up my soul. Like this day is yours. Please guide me in whatever decision comes about. Whoever you place in front of me, I lift up my soul to you. You are my goal. And I trust that you're going to meet me here in this moment. I just think that's really powerful. Just entering in with a place of surrender and humility. I think he meets us there. He longs to meet us there. You know, Katie has such a calming presence. I'm so glad we got to know her today. You can learn more about Katie's story during her Unshakable Moxie episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for a link to the series and more at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. We also want to let you know that we will be on a season break until March 25th. Mark your calendars for a new season and a special announcement. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, God hears you. He sees you. And he loves you because you are his. 
Today's episode was engineered by Ann Stevens and produced by Jade Gussman and Mary Jo Clark. We also want to thank Robert and all of Katie's kids for all their help and support. Thanks, everyone. God Hears Her is a production of Our Daily Bread Ministries.